You're listening to Victory El Labang Podcast. We hope this message encourages and inspires you today. All right. Good afternoon, everyone. Would you kindly greet the person beside you once again? Good afternoon with a big smile. All right. Uh, let's can we just uh, once again give the Lord a, a praise and a clap offering. Uh, thank you, music team. I believe that we all enjoyed our time of worship. Uh, this afternoon. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, we'd like to welcome you to uh, Victory Alabang. This is the 3 o'clock service. My name is Pastor Ariel. I'm one of the pastors of this church uh, or this particular congregation. We are we have several congregations in Metro Manila, but we are only one church in Metro Manila, different uh, uh, Victory churches. And uh, we do hope that this will be a, uh, a great time for you, for those of you who are joining us for the first time. So once again, welcome. For those of you who are regularly joining us, Welcome home. Just before we get to the word, we are introducing to you a brand new series entitled The Gospel Explained. And how many of you would like to listen to good news all the time? All right, we all want to listen to good news instead of bad news, though we are riddled with bad news nowadays. But before we get to the preaching of the word, uh, I do have some uh, important announcements for us. Just a reminder, you know, we uh, as a church, we, we care for you guys. And so we want to constantly remind uh, all of us on what to do uh, during this season. We're all aware of what's happening around us, unless you don't have internet, okay? Uh, but we value your health. We value your safety. That's why we're doing this. Maybe some of you have heard already that uh, the Department of Health have recommended to uh, President Duterte to, in, uh, to proclaim or declare a state of uh, uh, health uh, emergency, and uh, which... Uh, he will tomorrow, I think officially, or he did already. Did he? This morning? Okay, and so uh, what does that mean for us? And so I believe that uh, it is not the time for our church or everyone to panic. Can I speak to that? Okay, when you talk about a state of uh, health emergency, it's not talking about martial law. It's not talking about lockdowns of schools and offices or malls as we know it, Okay. Basically, what that means is simply this, that the funds and the logistics will actually be allocated and will be given a priority to the health sector, okay, or to the medical sector, so, so that they can actually do what they have to do in order for them to arrest and contain this virus. And so it is not about whether we can meet publicly or not. And how many of you are thankful that we can still meet here in the Akasha Hotel, praise God, free from any concern of any virus? But, you know, we're... We're being responsible as well. So you want to check your temperature. Uh, if you're having, uh, you know, uh, sniffles or sick, sickness, put on your mask. Uh, we do have, uh, you know, regular alcohol somewhere out there, okay? And so as a church, uh, this is what we're doing as well. So we want to get ready because um, I'm not sure if you've heard of the news last Friday. Was it Friday or Saturday? About, uh, you know, in Green Hills, you know, they found a... Uh, person was confirmed uh, that person was transferred to our ITM right here in our backyard. How many of you know that we just welcome them here, okay? But we feel safe in, in Montinlupa, okay? In our ITM, it's just there, a couple of blocks away from us. But yet, um, our church in Victory Green Hills has declared, uh, has deemed it uh, wise to not meet there temporarily just for today. So instead of meeting there, Pastor Dennis decided together with his uh, team to, uh, to basically invite the other people uh, to attend the other congregations since we have about 50 plus locations anyway in Metro Manila. So many of them probably went to Ortigas. Some of them went to uh, our brand new location, Estancia Mall. 
We have a new Victory Estancia. Some of them probably went to Quezon Avenue if they're living out there. And so uh, how many of you know that even if we close our facility in Victory Green Hills, the church continues? Because the church is not about a building. The church is about a people. And so whatever happens, we will continue to meet. Amen. And so these things that's happening are, are, are right now, it's not really new to us. We're, we're a people. We're a race that is resilient. We cry out to the Lord. Amen. Blessed is the, the nation whose God is the Lord's. Amen. And so we want to be able to look to Him as our source of strength and help. But yet at the same time, we also want to be responsible. And so what are we doing? We're preparing for this. Uh, we don't know uh, if this particular virus will actually affect us here in Montenlupa or in Alabang. So we want to be ready. Uh, we've heightened out our, our efforts to clean our facilities, those that we can control in Festival Mall. We, you know, we disinfect, we, we, uh, are, we definitely clean out, hygienize, if that's just a word, uh, every uh, single uh, possible uh, location, okay, where the virus will actually uh, proceed, okay? So we, we clean the toilet, we clean the, the, the kids' facility, the auditorium. Uh, of course, in the cinema, we don't have, uh, you know, the control over that because of the mall owners, okay? In the hotel, we're... we're we're hoping that the hotel is uh, clean. I'm, I'm pretty sure that they're doing their best as well. So we're preparing also online for our channels because we don't know if there might be. Pastor Dennis actually had recorded a live stream yesterday, which will actually be, I think it's going to be shown uh, sometime in this afternoon to, the, to those who cannot go to the services. But still, how many of you know that the services are still uh, ongoing? And so if you are not into the internet, uh, you can try and ask uh, your uh, children how to uh, get into the internet, okay, and be connected. And so some of the things that we want to talk about is we want to minimize physical contact. You know, as a church, we are so close to one another. You know, we, we respect one another. So mahilig tayo magkamayan, you know, beso-beso. So minimize, okay. Uh, not totally erratic, but just minimize uh, that. If you, well, if you can actually find alternative, you know, some of them just... They shake, rub their elbows already. And so they actually, you know, do low five na lang instead of high five, low five. Or you can actually do that. And always wash your hands frequently. Use hand sanitizer. Um, use alcohol. Practice proper coughing etiquette. Okay, don't use your hands. Use your upper sleeve, okay? When you cough, do like this. Like that, okay? So it's, it's nice. Like that, okay, so they know... That you are warning them because you are coughing, not in your hands, but actually in your upper sleeve. Use a face mask if needed. You probably noticed me earlier when I was worshiping. I have a face mask because I have a sniffle. I want to be responsible, uh, which actually leads me also to uh, later on, uh, the, the other pastors of this congregation felt that, Pastor, uh, you don't have to preach today. Don't push it, okay? Uh, so I've actually invited uh, Pastor JJ Basada to share the word this afternoon, but I am ready to preach. But, you know, I, I was prevailed upon by the team here. But yet, I want to be responsible as well. So let's all be responsible, okay? If you're sick, if you have a fever, you may stay at home uh, to rest and recover. Don't worry. I think by this week, we're going to try out uh, live streaming our, our service, but hopefully by next week. So we're, we're trying out some equipment. So we hope to be able to live stream things in Victory Alabang. And so if you're not connected yet, okay, as I said, ask your children or maybe ask your grandchildren, okay? Uh, if your children are not even aware, if, you, if, if, they're not, if they're too old for that. Please follow us on Facebook. How many of you have a Facebook account? Okay, we have a Facebook account. Uh, we regularly uh, post uh, whatever there, okay? On Facebook, Victor Alabang, uh, Instagram. We have a YouTube channel as well. And also, we have podcasts. Listen to us 
Victor Alabang podcast. We have regular preachings happening on a Sunday. We, we post it normally on a Tuesday on a Wednesday. We have preaching in practice, practical application of the preaching last Sunday. So we also post it there and more uh, from that channel eventually. By the way, if you feel like you also want to give online, we also have that facility as well. So you can actually go to victory.org.ph slash give. If you want to go pay for, uh, through PayPal, credit card, online banking, we have three banks that we are registered online right now, BPI, Metro Bank, and Union Bank. Now, how do we respond to this? As a church, as I said earlier, uh, we cannot respond in fear. And, and there's a, there's a uh, I think there's a news uh, channel, I think, I'm not sure which uh, country that is, it talks about faith over facts. Oh, sorry, facts over fear. Facts over fear. Well, that seems nice. It's not about facts over fear. It's actually faith over facts and fear. And we want to, you know, use the faith that God has given to us to believe in Him because God is the one who's moving on our behalf. Amen. Yet at the same time, we want to be watchful and prayerful. We want to be keen and aware of what's happening around us. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and of sound mind. How I many of you are grateful for the power of the Holy Spirit in us? It lives inside of you. And uh, in times like this, let's respond in faith and in prayer. In fact, uh, we felt like maybe one of these days we'll announce through the social media channels that we will be having a prayer and fasting, okay, together as a church. We're organized, we're talking about it among the senior pastors, and so we want to be able to respond in faith during this time, okay? We want to respond in love. Historically, there's, uh, you know, different cries happening around the world, like the plague in the 1800s did not stop the church from expressing the love of God. The church continued on. And it was an opportunity for us to be able to show who we are as a people of God, how we can actually love and share the love of God to others. Sound mind, let's be responsible. Let's not transfer bad news or bad vibes, if you would like to say. Let's transfer a good faith. Let's transfer a good attitude. Let's transfer a hopeful attitude. Let's transfer, you know, a, a, a trust in the Lord. In fact, in Psalm 20 verse 7, it says, Some trust in chariots and horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Amen. We will continue to trust in Him. He is sovereign over our lives. And so today we're starting a brand new series, as I mentioned earlier, The Gospel Explained. And guess what? This is just a short series. 23 weeks. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. This is the longest series that we will have as a church almost half the year. But don't worry, we'll be having some breaks in between. So we'll have, a, you know, Palm Sunday or whatever, Easter Sunday. But yet, we're going to continue that. And so we're going to be focusing on the book of Romance. How many of you have read the book of Romance? How many of you are familiar with Romance? Some of you are not familiar with the book of Romance. Ang kalam yung Romance, yung K Romance, okay? You, you, all you, you, you know is the, you know, whatever romance, you know, crash landing on you, whatever, okay? Anyo ansa yo, or something like that, okay? But I'm not talking about that kind of romance, okay? I'm talking about the book of Romance. In fact, the book of Romance is considered to be the, uh, the magnum opus or the masterpiece of the Apostle Paul. You have the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but the Apostle Paul has his version on the Gospel. The Gospel happened in history, the story of Jesus, but this is the theological implication of what happened behind the scene, what God's doing that is actually good for us. Okay, not late. Okay. Lumabas, anyong, okay? I don't know what happened there. Okay, natulog yung ano, natulog, okay? But, you know, just to give you a brief uh, overview in the next 23 weeks, because Romans is actually 16 chapters. And I encourage you to read the book of Romans 
with us. Okay? Let's journey together. Would you promise that you will read the book of Romans? How many of you can finish it in 23 weeks? Okay, 23 weeks na lang, okay? You can actually sit down and read it for one hour. It's actually less than an episode of Crash Landing on You, okay? You can finish it in one sitting, promise, okay? And so, Romans chapter 1 to 3 talks about the introduction and why we need the gospel. This is so important for us because you won't be able to appreciate the good news if you don't know the bad news. And chapters 1 to 3 talks about that. Romans 4 to 5 talks about justification. Everybody say justification. You've heard of this word, justified never sin. That when we face a judge, he sees Christ in us. Okay, So that 4, 5, uh, 2 chapters talks about that. Romans 6 to 8 talks about sanctification by the gospel. How we are still a work in progress that yet God calls us saints. Paul addresses his church as saints in Christ. Romans 9 to 11 talks about Israel's rejection of the gospel. That's why it opened to us, the Gentiles, non-Jews. And can you imagine at one point in time as well when the Jews would turn back to Christ? What a beautiful picture that is when both Gentiles and Jews worship the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Romans 12 to 15 talks about living out the gospel, practical application on this particular book. And then the last will be the final greetings and doxology. So that's a brief uh, overview of what we will go through, okay, in the next 23 weeks. And how many of you are ready for this journey with us? Okay, so I want to encourage everybody uh, to go ahead and read the book of Romans. So why don't we all welcome right now Pastor J.J. Basada to share the word this afternoon. Thank you so much, Pastor A. Among you appreciate the leadership of Pastor Ariel in this church, how God has been using him. Come on, let's worship God for that. God has been using him to just father this church and truly his grace is evident in his life. And of course, it's a privilege for me always to, to preach the Word of God, especially the book of Romans. Um, I'm, I'm excited that we are starting with this brand new series. I'm not sure if you are excited. Excited din ba kayo? Yeah, 23 weeks really, 16 chapters. But think about this. Most of the things that we know about the book of Romans are snippets. In fact, of the New Testament. Um, One-liners one that we cut and paste, put it in Facebook with our picture on it. Uh, and then we, we read them like, uh, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But we have to think, where does this come from, right? And, and I think one of the, 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 the forces that uh, we, we were thinking about as we were, we were praying about this series is that what this will allow us to do is to put context into those verses, right? It gives a big picture of those snippets and where it really came from and what it really means. So today, as we open, this is my beautiful family. There you go. That's my wife, Aizel. That's my two-year-old, Tala. You'll be seeing her running around. Um, she's so energetic. And... and um, if you have toddlers at home, you know this. It's amazing how innocent they are, right? It's amazing how they have this positive view of the world. You know, we went out one time, we were wearing our masks, and it's because, of course, sickness and whatnot. And she was wearing it, going outside, she goes, I'm a doctor. Not knowing that outside, it's like, man, like a lot of people and a lot of people are sick. Not to respond in fear, but it's true, right? We could not go a few moments without listen, hearing a bad news. We're a people that are surrounded with bad news. Just this morning, I took a screenshot of a news outlet. This is like news all over the world. Dozens trapped as China quarantine hotel collapses. 
Imagine being sick and then your quarantine center collapses on you. Man. Then you have Lesbos, a, a, a part of Greece where, where people are seeking refuge and, 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 and somehow there's a problem there. Saudi Arabia and all sorts and kinds of news all over the world. And this is happening in a grand scale. All over us. But at the same time, it's happening on a personal scale, I believe, right? Bad news also plagues marriages today. Bad news also plagues relationships of people today. I was talking to a businessman. They're into traveling tours. Their business is down. One of my good friends works for a cruise ship. He does not know if he'll be signed up again because of this corona thing. And, and all sorts and kinds of bad news. And maybe for you, the bad news that's surrounding you is not on a scale that is grand in coronavirus, but maybe it's really a personal thing, a child that you're praying for. And all those bad news and all those problems that plague our everyday life, and we are called to be a people of good news, right? In fact, the word gospel, as we say it, the word gospel means what? Good news. How do we, as a people, gathered, believing in this God, Jesus, who's supposed to live to be a people of good news. Thread this world of bad news. And I believe the book of Romans has a lot to say about it. I believe Paul, God used Paul to speak of this good news and, and, and to think of, in this world of bad news, we are a people of the gospel. We are a people of the good news. In fact, if you're here for the first time, you're not a Christian, you're not a follower of Jesus, which means that you look at this goodness and you say, hmm, what's that? Um, this is what separates Christianity from any other belief system. Because it does not ask you to do something, rather to believe in the good news. A person who brings the good news. And in fact, if you're not a believer of Christ in this place, I invite you to just examine this good news with us. Um, not just this weekend, the next 23 weeks. To go through the book of Romans and ask, what's this good news that, that made a, a, a person who is a womanizer, a drunkard, turn to Christ? Who, who, who made a, a, a monk who, who wants to buy salvation for himself turn to Jesus? Who made a young man leave everything behind to be a missionary? Who made a Roman citizen, a Pharisee, preach the gospel even against the very government that he is citizen of. So, I invite you to ask today, what makes this good news good? <laughs> what makes this so good that we would be willing to leave everything behind and follow this Jesus because this news is really good? So, I'm really excited for this. We're going to open our Bibles to the first chapter of the book of Romans. We're going to read verses 16 and 17, but we're going to talk about from verse 1 to 17. So why don't we all stand up and open our Bibles? Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Let us all read. And as we read it, let's ask the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Lord, we approach you as your people. Teach us how to live by faith. Show us your righteous love 
that turns us to you. Today, Lord, Holy Spirit, speak to us in your still small voice. Silence our fears and then put the fire of the gospel in our hearts. May nobody leave this place without being moved by your love. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. May we now take your seat. The book of Romans. There's much to say about this book, but um, I think one of the best ways to understand any written work is to think about where it came from, what happened, who wrote it, and, and maybe we could start with the world it came from. 57 AD, Rome. You have a small church that's, that's growing, and, and, and one of the things that happened in that church is that um, there was an emperor named Claudius, for those history geeks, you know a little bit of this. So Claudius did not like some of the things that the Christians are doing, especially the Jewish Christians. In fact, one historian would note that they were asked to leave Rome because they were followers of this guy, Christus, or Christos, maybe, Christ. Um, they didn't like these Christian guys, these Jewish Christian guys, because they wouldn't follow the rules of the pagan world. They would not follow the festivals offered to Zeus, Apollo, and, and the rest of the guys in the Roman world. They would not even do the things that some of the people are used to, practices that are against the, the beliefs of these people. So, what happened is that Jewish Christians were expelled out of the Roman Empire. Imagine this. So what's left in the church are Gentile Christians. Those who became Christians, who did not grow up in these Jewish practices, and you know, they didn't know much about the sacrifices. So after the death of Claudius, the Jewish Christians went back. And just imagine with me, since the Jewish Christians are a people of habits and, and a people of cycles. Remember Jewish people, right? They have the Shabbat. They have all these things. Once they enter the church once more, and there goes these Gentile Christians. In one way or the other, they're the church. And the Jewish Christians felt like, God, this is our church. And you guys were just grafted into us. And therefore, there was somehow a problem. So Paul writes this letter to them. That's why the more you look at this letter, the more its, it's theology, yes, is rich, but it's in service of. In service of exploring the love of God that unites a people no matter who you are. It also explores this theme that we all need the gospel. We just need it so much. And the more we, I look at this text, the more I study it and think about it and pray to God what, what he's saying here, the more I think about the world that we live in, it's a lot like the book of Romans, right? We do not have anymore the Greek gods. We don't worship Zeus or Apollo or Aphrodite. But the spirit behind them, power, possession, and pleasure, still much alive today. And there's still the gods that many people worship. Power, possession, pleasure. And the invitation of Paul is to go back and say, hey, we have a good news in the midst of all those bad news. Some people have been so desensitized with bad news. Yung sanay ka na. That you, know, you look at the bad news and you go, yeah, it's always like that. Some people, they, they just look at the bad news and they're just so fearful. I pray that we, as a people of God, as, as people of the good news, would look at this with faith and not with fear or doubt. The first chapter of the book of Romans can be divided into several different ways, but the best way I think that we could look at it to start at 
verses 1 to 7, that will be some sort of introduction if you take a look at it. And, and I want us to look at this. It's a very important part of the letter because it's an introduction. Most ancient letters start with who wrote the letter. Because it makes sense, right? When you open the letter, you read, oh, this is the guy who's writing this. In the modern day, the writer of the letter usually appears where? At the end, okay? And uh, you know, this, this nuance of modern day writing is different because in the early days, it starts who's writing it and then and, and why you should listen to me as the writer of this letter. So usually, ancient letters would start with who wrote it and, and, and his credentials. I'm Tacitus, the king of this or emperor of this. And it's interesting how Paul writes his introduction. Paul A, <laughs> he could use so many different accolades in his pocket. <laughs> Paul, the Pharisee. He could say, Paul, the Roman citizen. Paul, the one who planted several churches in Asia Minor. He could say, Paul, the one whom Jesus appeared to. But Jesus said, Paul, the servant of who? Christ Jesus. The only credential of this Paul as he starts is this. I want you to listen not because I'm a good guy, but because I'm, I'm really a servant of this King Jesus. And I believe that this starts off the letter quite strikingly. And you would want to lean into it and then ask, so what do you want to say? He's called to be an apostle set apart for the gospel of God. He starts right away with that word, gospel. And it's a word that we borrowed in a sense, because we just transliterated the word, which means we didn't translate it. Okay? So, Evangelion, you transliterated Evangelion or Gospel, now that we have it. But literally, it means good news. So, Paul starts his letter by saying, this is, this is really about the Gospel of God. From verses 8 to 15, he will talk about one long Greek sentence. If you read that part, that's one long Greek sentence. And it would talk about the circumstances of the letter. I really want to go to you guys and minister to you. But, but I have been stopped in many ways. But really, so, so he's starting with that. Because I am obligated, it says in those verses. I'm obligated to preach the gospel, to indebted to some extent. To the Greeks and to the barbarians, the intelligent guys. And, and to those who are not as intelligent. So, Paul is setting up a very important aspect of the 23 weeks that we'll talk about. The 16 chapters that he will write. He's setting up a reality that this gospel is for all. Listen in. No matter who you are, no matter how much you earn, no matter how good you are, you need this. So, we go back to our question, right? So, what makes his good news so good? A cursory asking in this room, maybe, if I go down and I give you the mic and ask you, what's the good news? Maybe, some of you would be able to answer, right? <laughs> right? The good news is what? That God became man through Jesus. That He lived the perfect life that we could not live. Died the gruesome death that we deserve in the first place. Rose again on the third day. And those who would believe in Him would have eternal life. Would repent. Would have eternal life. And that snapshot of the word gospel is a story if you think about it, right? Such is definition. It's, it's packed with stories of old of how this gospel is, is so powerful because it is centered on Jesus. Sometimes, we might know the definition. But it's one thing to know the definition or the story. 
It's another thing to put your life in it, right? You can know something and, and not believe it. Because those are two different things. And that's why I think Paul had so much passion to say, I am obligated to do this. For I am not ashamed of the good news. I'm not ashamed of this good news. And here, I think we can see three reasons why, why Paul is not ashamed and what makes the good news really good. So, the first line there, I'm not ashamed of the good news for it is the what? The power of God. The good news is the power of God. Now, it's easy to glance over those words and say, okay, the good news is the power of God. Especially if we don't know what God really means. Especially if we don't realize what power really means. The same word, dunamis, which is where we get the word dynamite, right? The power of God. Now think about it with me. Who Paul was describing here. He, he, he grew up Jew. He knows the story of Yahweh. He knows how God created all things. By saying, let there be, right? That's his power. This is the same God that set free the slaves of Egypt, who parted the Red Sea through a man who could barely speak. <laughs> it's the same God who broke the walls of Jericho. It's the same God who did all miraculous things. And he's saying that his power, it's the gospel. Now pause with me and think about that. Because it's so easy to minimize the gospel and not believe in it and not trust in it and not hold it so dear with our lives because maybe, just maybe, they don't know its power. When I was a young boy, 96, 97, lagging brown out. <laughs> and then my Lola would say, we need uh, batteries to power flashlights. And I always imagine, if only we had those, those fancy generators that could power the house, you know. I was just imagining it. And, and like recently, I just saw this, you know. This is a Tesla Powerwall. Have you seen one of these? This can power a house, full appliance, heater, and whatnot for seven straight days without being linked to any rig. I mean, you know, that's just that. Power to sustain a household for seven days. And when Tesla did this, like, wow, this is so wonderful. How can you pack so much power in, in that, right? Now think about this with me. How about the one who sustains the whole universe? If we're so amazed with a pack of square that on a wall who could sustain the house for seven days, imagine the God who not only created this, but sustains it every millisecond of it. And the same power is the power of the gospel. May we not just look at that word and just say, oh, if you are a Christian, I pray that we so understand how, how heavy and how truthfully important the good news is. Because that's the only way we can thread through this world of bad news. If, if the good news in our lives outweighs whatever bad news hits us. Not that we deny the good news of its reality, right? We're not blindly walking through this life. But we just know that we have so much more. We have God. The power of the God of the universe. Why is it so good? Because of the power of God in it. 
Because the gospel is the power of God. That believing on Him, leaving this Jesus who lived, died, rose again, gives us the hope and the strength to carry on each day. COVID or cancer, criticism or chismes. I can go through this life because I have the gospel of God. In fact, if you're here and you, you just don't know this gospel, you have not believed this gospel, you, you were dragged off to this church and you, didn't, you felt like you didn't have a choice, I want you to consider it really. Consider. Because the more you look at this text, the more you will realize that you really need this. Let's continue with Paul is, what Paul is saying. The gospel is the power of God. For what? Salvation. That it's not only the gospel, which is the power of God. It's a purposeful thing that God dispenses this power with purpose. It's, it's not just something that He does. He does not just go out and proclaim this gospel. This is purposeful. It's to save. Now, the problem with the word salvation in the modern day is that salvation is often depicted as a transaction. As if, oh, God, I gave you my life. I believe in you. Okay, we have a transaction. Done deal. You paid for my sin. I believed in you. I'm a Christian. Good job, God. But the more you... And we'll see it as, as we look at the next chapters of the book of Romans, we'll realize that Paul has just so deep in, in his theology of salvation that it would not just talk about the transaction. That it would be so shallow if that's our view of salvation. If going to church is our view of salvation. If saying a prayer, not that those are bad things. I pray with all my heart that we would come to terms with God and start it with a prayer. But, but, it's, it's far bigger than that, right? That salvation, when you look at Paul, yes, has an aspect of your past, being changed from death to life. It has an aspect that is in the present, sanctification. That you're being changed every single day to the glory of God. And someday as He comes again, you will be with Him fully saved. And whenever we just pick out one aspect of it and neglect the others, it becomes weird and it becomes shallow. See, the power of God through the gospel is dispensed so much so that we as His people would believe and be saved. That the salvation is an everyday thing. In fact, if you're here and, and you may have had that experience with God and you believe, I pray that God would continuously work in your life, really. And you would, would see how this salvation is an everyday thing. Why is it so good? I believe because of its purpose. The good news is so good because we so need it. If somebody gives you something you don't need, you might be thankful but put it on the drawer and hide it, right? But at a moment of deep need and somebody hands you something, you start thinking, wow, how did you know I needed that? Have you ever experienced those things? When you needed a glass of water. On an everyday, uh, you know, mundane day, somebody offers you a glass of water, you go, okay. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I don't need it. But when you're so thirsty, <laughs> to the point of dying, imagine, if somebody hands you a glass of water, something in your, like, 
man, how do you know I need this? And here's the gospel. Responding to the deepest need of man, the need for salvation. One of the biggest lies of the world today is that you can do it yourself. The DIY generation. May punit. Kapitin mo, tayin mo DIY. Sira sa bahay. Fix it. DIY. Sometimes you do, you know, far worse than it should be. But, but we cannot apply that to salvation. We cannot have a DIY salvation. Because once we have that, we are not saving ourselves. We're falling into the, to the, the trick of the enemy. We're falling to the gods of the modern day. So, why is it so powerful? Because it is the power of God. Also because of its purpose. It is for salvation. And then, the gospel is for everyone who believes. The same Greek word, pisteo, is the same word that is translated faith. Is, is the root pistis. And, and, and when, you, when you place your faith, it's for everyone who believes. In fact, he, 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 would, he would contrast it. The Jew first and also to the Greek. Not because of order of importance, rather because of the historical events, right? To the Jew first it came and then to the Greek. And think about this. He was saying this, the barbarians in the Greek. He's contrasting the world he lived in. No matter where you are in the social ladder, you, if you believe, no matter where you are in your level of sinfulness, if you believe, the biggest good news about this gospel is that it requires nothing of you, really. It, it requires nothing of you, really. It asks you and invites you to trust. And I'm not sure where you are in your journey of faith. And how this good news is speaking to your heart. And maybe this, this is the first time you're hearing this and you really need this good news because you really need your soul to turn to Christ. But maybe some of you have been going through this Christian walk and you're a Christian for the longest time. I want you to just, just pause and remember, really, what made you a Christian is not because you did something for God. That if... If we could only buy salvation, I'm not sure how much it is. Steve Lawson says this, um, salvation is not a reward for the righteous. It is a gift for the guilty. It's not a reward for those who worked hard for it. It's a gift for those who cannot afford it in the first place. We believe and we're counted as His children. Why is it so good? Because it is the power of God that can turn dead men to people who are truly alive. It is so good because it is that purpose that it accomplishes. By the power of the Holy Spirit, the death of Christ, the love of God. And why is it so good? Because it turns us, outsiders, to a people of God. It turns our alienated, broken lives into one that is in an ongoing journey with the God of the universe. There's nothing more glorious than that. Which does not mean we don't go through problems, right? Which does not mean that our marriage is perfect, right? Only means that the God of the universe is with us. We can trust Him. Paul continues 
He says, For in it, which is the gospel, in it the righteousness of God is revealed. In the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. And whenever the term righteousness, there are, in, in, in this Romans, just the book of Romans, righteousness and, and faith, um, it's repeated around 50 times. Pisteo and Dekaetsuno. It's, it's re repeated 50 times. Over and over in this book, it will talk about faith and righteousness. Faith and righteousness. Faith and righteousness. Whenever it mentions righteousness, it hearkens on Old Testament images of this righteous God. Psalm 103 would talk about the righteousness of God, which is linked to His faithfulness and love. Whenever righteousness is mentioned in the Old Testament, it's almost always linked to that faithfulness and love of God. It is in the gospel that the love and faithfulness of this righteous God is revealed. That He, through His love, gave this good news to us. And is revealed from faith for faith. I never, you know, I, the longest time in my Christian walk, whenever I look at verses like this, I go, what again? Have you ever considered these words? From faith, for faith. What? <laughs> I'm not sure if you it immediately comes to your mind and you go, oh yeah, of course. Because <laughs> for in it, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith, for faith. And the more I dig into this, the more I see what it means. That salvation, gospel, is from the beginning faith. And towards its completion, faith. No works. You cannot add anything to the salvation that God has given you. Reminds me of the many people who are trying to work for their salvation. And then it quotes Habakkuk. The righteous shall live by faith. That as we, the people of God, as He reveals His good news, as we believe Him, we are turned to be the righteous and we shall live by faith. We shall live by faith. Not by fear. Not, not by what's practical. Not by facts. But by faith. In a world of bad news, the people of God are called to live by faith. Not blind faith. Not a faith that only trusts in trusting. But a faith that is centered on a person. Jesus Christ. A person who lived, died, and rose again. The God of the universe. What do you imagine when we say Christian? <laughs> because in our world today, it's so easy to become a quote-unquote Christian. Everybody is a quote-unquote Christian. Yeah, I attend that church. I'm a Christian. Yes, I was born into a family of Christians. Therefore, I am a Christian. Yet, Paul draws us in and says, no, 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 it's by faith. You're not born into Christianity. You are drawn in by the grace of God and by faith, you become a Christian. What do we imagine? When somebody says Christian, 
And it's an important conversation. Whenever I think about it and pray about it, I, I like to say, God, how do you make this word make sense for us today? Because we need to make sense of being a Christian. Because we live in a world that's just tough. And sometimes I think about it, and maybe for some of us, this is how we view Christianity. And there's nothing wrong with raising our hands and, and singing and reason, listening to the preaching and taking down notes. Those are wonderful things. And I pray the Lord Jesus Christ would really speak to us in these moments. But, but maybe there's, there's much to think about when we say Christian. Maybe we could fill that word with, with the phrase, the good news people. <laughs> the Christians are good news people. It doesn't roll naturally out of the tongue. It's awkward and it's hard to remember maybe. But, but it, it's, it strikes something. We're the good news people. That when people see us, ay, yan na sila, the good news people. I may not like their Jesus, but they're loving. I may not like their singing, but they're generous. <laughs> they, they live out by faith. Man, that guy, that's a Christian? Or are we the bad news people? <laughs> I pray when we think about Christian, an image like this can, can, can reflect, you know? That we are reflectors of the light in a dark world. People living out faith in a world of bad news. So maybe a question is that, how do we live out as good news people? How do we live out this good news people? Christianity. A people of the gospel. I mentioned a drunk womanizer who turned his life around. That's Augustine. Who eventually became one of the foremost thinkers of the Christian church. There was a monk who wanted to buy his way into salvation. That's Martin Luther. In 1517, he turned Christianity upside down. There was a young boy who encountered this gospel and left everything behind to be a missionary. That's John Wesley. I can go on and on with stories after stories of men and women who, by the grace of God, was more than willing to say, you know what? Bad news or whatnot, I'm going to follow Jesus. I invite us to this wonderful journey with God. Because if the gospel is so important, if it's so good, maybe it is this. I try to crunch it up in a statement. I'm not sure if this is the best, but say it anyway. The gospel is the power of God for salvation. For all who believe and are called to live by faith. We live in a world of bad news. But maybe the gospel, it has the potential to be a new lens. To take the world and see it in the lens of the good news. And be the good news people that we're called to be. A couple of months ago, I received a call that my grandmother passed away. Sitting down, it was some early morning. I grew up with my grandmother, so it's a very personal call. Bad news. I'm not sure if you've ever experienced that kind of a call. When you cannot react at all. <laughs> I can cry, I can shout, it's just left me dumbfounded, really. Like, what's that? I mean, she's old and whatnot, but then, really, death is death. Grieving. On my way there, just thinking about this bad news. I just can't think of anything else. That reminded me of something. Growing up, 
my grandmother wanted me to become a priest. To her surprise, I turned out to be a pastor. <sighs> and then, you know, I, I tried to share the good news to her. Really, you know. And she would just, I mean, how, you know how grandmothers are, right? I mean, okay. <laughs> and I prayed for her and continually. Without me knowing, there was this old friend of hers who would go to her place, bring her food, pray for her, shared to her the gospel, responded in faith. God reminded me of that good news. You know that woman, that old lady who shared the gospel to her? Without me knowing, she's from our Victory Limerie Church. Really, like, man, this is God. And I think about it. In a world of bad news, I believe the gospel is the good news. That the only good news that we need, really, that can turn and trump away all those darkness. Because this cross is empty. <laughs> the man who lived, died, is not there anymore. He rose again. So I'm not sure what it is in your life. Maybe infidelity, or cancer, or doubt, or fear. But the gospel is the good news. Trump, whatever it is. Let's pray. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Feel free to share this message with your friends too. For more information about our church, visit our website at www.victorialamang.church.